Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's podcast is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some financial steps for widows or anyone for that matter after a loss. I've been getting some questions about some specific guides and things of that nature that I have developed with some help from some other professionals in regards to loss. And generally, I am the first point of reference or the first call for my clients after someone who in their life uh, has passed away. And we have a relationship where I know all of their pertinent professionals and then they rely on me to do the rest, meaning reach out to their professional. For example, I have several clients where I am intimately involved with their either estate planning attorney, their CPA, insurance professional, whether that's life insurance or whether it's property and casualty insurance, or they ask me to be an intermediary with some other professionals who I may not have met and they may just introduce me through email and I will kind of take the rest. In the event that you do not have a relationship or a good one with the other professionals for your client, I have compiled a list. And, um, you know, this list is, again, it's steps for anyone that has experienced a significant loss. And at any point, these are the first six steps. And I would implement these at the beginning or anytime you see fit. Step number one, grieve and let your emotions out. That's some of the best healing that I've ever done. And at points, it just kind of comes out. Step number two, be free to say that you are fine. I'm going to define fine. So know that it is okay to feel fine. And I'm defining fine. F is in frightened. I is in insecure. N is in neurotic. And E as in exhausted. You can feel any of those all at once, individually, uh, but generally, you know, in my heightened stages of, stages of grief, if somebody asked me, you know, how I was, and I would say, fine, this is really what I meant. Step number three, surround yourself with those who love and care for you. They can provide insulation. They can provide a security blanket for you when things go awry. Also. Don't be ashamed to accept help. If somebody wants to bring you a meal, if somebody wants to run an errand for you, things of that nature, feel free to say you need space. I was never ashamed to say that. Sometimes I just need a moment to myself. Accept help from those who love and care for you. I had already mentioned that. And know your grief counseling options. I, as a financial planner and a certified financial transitionist, extend those options to my client. I know every one of my clients, my grieving clients, grief counseling options because I ask. And I also extend options to my clients 
in the event that they either don't know how to get help or they, you know, don't know that there are options that are out there. So those are what I would say the non-technical or financial, you know, stages or steps for, you know, widows or anyone after a loss. Now I'm going to get into some of the financial stuff. I'm not going to bore you with a whole bunch of details. Um, I do have some other lists and things that can be garnered uh, by signing up on my website. So step number one for the financial step, handle all of the arrangements for the funeral and final disposition. That's kind of immediately after the death. And then step number two, I would contact an attorney who practices in a state trust and wills. And I will also add a sidebar. And as a financial planner, I usually handle taking care of this step by contacting all of my clients' professionals, like I've mentioned before, like their CPA, their attorney, their insurance advisor, or other professionals. And again, I usually find that my clients usually contact me first. And that's on purpose. And that's the relationship that I built with my clients. I want to alleviate a lot of that stuff for them. I want them to completely worry about their time and healing. The other thing too, is I would encourage, and I've been asked this question by clients, order multiple certified copies of the death certificate. Financial institutions and government agencies will not discuss your loved one's financial affairs or allow you to close any accounts without first receiving a certified copy of the death certificate. And I would get some with and with out of the cause of death. And I would say at least order 10 I find probably 15, you know, is probably a good number as I'm, you know, getting further into this with some clients that have more complexities. Step number 10, legal documentation. If there's a probate required, you know, your attorney will guide you through this process and obtaining, you know, some letters of administration and give you authority to administer your spouse's estate or assets. And if there's a trust administration, the attorney will also be able to guide you through the proper filings, notices, and actions required. And just a side note, if there's a trust administration, the trust will need to have its own tax ID, which is independent of the grantor's social security number of the trust who may may have passed away. And there's a link, there's an IRS website to where you can get a tax ID. And that's immediately following the death. And so within 30 days following a death, what I would do uh, in that regard Step number one, I would organize, prepare, delegate, and send acknowledgement cards for flowers, memorial donations, food, and spiritual remembrances. So there's kind of a theme of these things. It's really in the immediacies after death, it's worrying about the emotional aspect versus the technical or financial. There are some things, some financial things that you do have to take care of. And then step number two, within the 30 days, following your death, I would notify your financial planner, somebody like me, your financial advisor, CPA, your insurance advisor, and then notify your financial person who can help you get a handle on specifically if you are okay financially, if that's a worry for you. And your financial planner can also help you with your cash flow needs because you are most likely going to be in a state of flux. So your financial planner can definitely help you with that. Step number, that was step number three. And then step number four, inquire about any current or former employer burial and survivor benefits. And again, your financial planner can help with that. 
And step number five, collect financial documents, insurance policies, investment accounts, last two years of tax returns, statements reflecting your last mortgage, car, or credit card payments. And these are important because it garners future income, future cash, if you have to pay taxes on it, anything, and then debts, uh, past debts and future debts. And again, your financial planner can take care of things like this. And a sidebar on this, when I first engage with a client, specifically one that is in grief, one of the first things that I do outside of the personal situation with finance is helping them understand their cash flow needs immediately. And I find, you know, that's one of the things that is worrisome for folks uh, initially up front. And what is also interesting is that uh, folks come to me for investments, you know, specifically if their spouse or if they have not handled the investments before. But that's one of the first things that they come to me for. And ironically, I tell clients, and it's ironic for them, it's not necessarily ironic for me because I do this, but I say that the investments, you know, making important decisions on the investment accounts can wait. You know, there's a lot of other stuff that we need to get through to make you comfortable and to make you whole so you can continue to exercise your time and energy to the side of healing. Then I'm going to say the next component is within 60 days following a death. And step number one, within 60 days, notify financial institutions, government agencies, and medical providers. And under that umbrella is the Social Security Administration, insurance companies, like I um, talked about. And uh, financial planners have the ability to notify and help you apply for benefits. Notify credit bureaus. One of the worst things that could happen is someone steals your spouse's credit after they've passed away. Utility companies, credit card companies, again, you don't want any theft. You wouldn't want anybody to start running up a credit card bill in your deceased spouse name. IRS, I always recommend obtaining PIN numbers to prevent fraudulent transactions, including theft of tax returns. I had a situation of a client who's he was expecting, he and his wife were expecting a sizable tax return and it was stolen. And this is where I got the pen number, you know, recommendation. And so after that incident, he and his wife have always gotten a pen number. And I pass that on to my clients and um, my wife and I get a pen number as well. Medical providers, dentists and other specialists to, be, to prevent future billing. Walgreens, CVS, notify any medical facility that may have access to automatic debiting account for prescription purposes. Number two. Cancel or transfer accounts, ownership, and memberships. I would say do this carefully with your financial professional. You want to transfer all accounts and make sure that this step is guided, like I said, by a professional so no errors are made. And then transfer ownership of property consistent with legal documentation. And I'm going to back up in regards to transferring all accounts and why I highlight and strongly encourage doing this with a financial professional. I have seen where a client has closed accounts too early. And for instance, maybe there was a, an account where there was a husband and wife and 
the husband was receiving checks and then the wife didn't know the husband was receiving checks. And the wife uh, closed that account and just opened up an account in her name and was no longer able to get that money where it was a lot harder. She had to you know, go through a legal process to get that done. Take careful note that any transfer money goes into a bank account that it reflects proper FDIC limits. And there's a website where you can check that again. And I would encourage you also to work through that with your financial professional. It is FDIC.gov. And then I will also cancel the deceased driver's license. Again, you don't want anything fraudulent to go on there. And then I would also inquire about any pending debt, any loans, installment, credit cards, or mortgages that may have been in the decedent's name. And then also review who has the authority to enter and make changes with regard to safety deposit boxes. There is also a component that there are some deadlines and these are IRS deadlines. There's income tax, again, return following the year of death, which is generally 90 days from the from year in, uh, which is usually March 31st, but I'm going to defer and say speak to your CPA. There's trust funding. Again, I'm going to defer to your CPA. Usually um, it's April 15th and for normal trust and the state tax filing due. And then there's some other ones. Deadlines can change depending on current IRS guidelines. So I want to just throw that out there. And these guidelines only serve as guides and the dates can vary from year to year. You are strongly advised to speak to your CPA regarding your individual situation. And if you miss a deadline, I would get with the IRS and your CPA as soon as possible. With that being said, there is a resource and I always like to provide resources. And the resource, it is called Moving Forward on Your Own, a financial guidebook for widows. And this book is by Kathleen Real. And last name is spelled R-E-H-L. And there's a chapter in the book. It's called Financial Steps for Recent Widows. I've used, you know, parts of this and it's very, very detailed. And I incorporate this along with some information that I've gotten from some of my attorney friends and some other information from my experience, you know, just over the years working, you know, with widows. And this is also a good resource, and I will include this in the description. As always, I appreciate you listening, and I hope this information was valuable. If you find it valuable, please feel free to pass this on to any friends, family members, or colleagues. Please feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Cheers, and see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with Chris and or our firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any related information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section.